Today's message is entitled Happy. Happy Heaven on Earth. Happiness is Heaven on Earth. I should have had Pharrell's song. Uh, I'm happy if you feel like a room with no roof, something like that. Uh, you know, I can't get it right. Anyway, <clears throat> today's message is entitled Happy. Uh, a little bit of heaven on earth. Happiness is, in some ways, heaven on earth. One thing that I want to experience in 2023 is uh, to spend more time in 2023 being happy. Um, who would like to be happier this year? Is there anyone who would like to spend this year being a little happier? Let me put it like this. What percentage of 2022 would you say you spent being happy? So put it in the comments and let me know. What percentage of 2022 would you say you spent being happy? Um, 15%, 50%, 60%, 80%, 80% of the year you spent being happy. Let's look at your percentage. And by the time we're done with the sermon, we'll see if you change that or not uh, to 10 or to 90 or whatever. Uh, but put it in the comments. Um, Lou and Grizz, whoa, 98%. All right. Well, I'm taking lessons from you guys. 64% uh, says Lil Ben. And to those of you online that aren't uh, logged in, again, you always can log in. You don't have to create a login. You can... You can come on as a guest. You can click on guest and you can just put your name up or an initial if you don't want to be on site. But thank you for being online. We appreciate you. Um, definitely, even though if you're not in the comments, you're always welcome. So I don't want you to know that we ignore you. Uh, we do know we can see that there are others online than just who are commenting. All right. So we've got Luger is 98, Lil Ben 64. You guys thinking about it? Riri 15 percent um so let me know what what's your percentage that's a great question pc well then give me the percentage shauna <laughs> what's the percentage 75 percent. all right thank you shauna um well okay 75 roundabouts all right um who else what's your percentage who else is on there tabitha what's your percentage I know that some of you can't, you know, you switch between screens. It's hard to comment. Maybe um, we can help you with that. Uh, if you're on iPhone or Android, there are different ways you can do that. Kevin, 100%. Okay, well, you can log off because I ain't got nothing to say to you. All right, because you are already at 100. All right, maybe think about it. I'm trying to see if we're in the ballpark of whether or not this message will be relevant. I know that I uh, need some work in this area. I was not happy this year because I didn't spend time taking care of myself. Ah, good. So this will be this will be very helpful for you, uh, Riri. That's a very good point. Uh, anybody else? Who else is on? Cynthia, 
She's probably in her own church by now. Uh, Lou Grizz. I think that's everybody. All right. So here's what I learned about being happy. Um, it's really, listen, it's really a battle about what you want versus what God wants. Happiness is really this this battle between these two desires, uh, your will, and the truth is you won't be happy when you live in the place of what I want, okay? I'll say that again. You won't be happy when you live in the place of what I want. I saw a video a meme of this guy uh, bobbing his head to music saying, you know, he was driving in the car and saying, this is what I look like uh, when the day is going according to plan. Yeah, this is what I look like when the day is going according to plan. In other words, it's happening the way I want it to. Going according to plan is it's happening the way I want it to. But this is what I look like when it's not going according to plan. You know, you're honking the horn at people, you're flipping them off, you you roll rage because the day is not going according to plan, how you want it. You're not happy. It's hard to be happy when things continue, here it is, to not happen the way you planned them or thought they should happen. So let's say, you know, you're okay with something not happening. You know, one or two things, ah, it didn't happen. Okay, I'm okay. But when life continues to not happen the way you want it to, you get frustrated. So, so watch this now. If you want to be happy, then you have to change the way You think things should happen. Or more succinctly, you have to change the way or how you desire things in your heart. You have to change how you formulate what you want. Ah, Stick with me. Happiness occurs. This is a quotable. Listen, this is good. Happiness occurs when the thing that happens matches the thing desired in your heart. Got it? So when life happens the way you want it to, when, in other words, when the thing happens, when the action you experience, when the event you experience matches the desire that you have in your heart for that thing, you're happy. Are you listening? So it's about matching. It's about congruence. It's about agreement. Now watch this. This is good, Riri. Listen to this. Your single desire has, your listen, your single desire. Every day I have a desire. Me, Joy has a desire. You, Tony, you have a desire. The Grizz has a desire. You have one desire. So every day, your single desire has to contend with multiple possibilities of actions. What do I mean by that? 
I mean, you have to, your desire has to deal with, number one, how you want things to happen. That's one way. You, you have to deal with how you want things to happen. Number two, you have to deal with how they should happen. Because sometimes we don't want it to happen the way it should happen, but we have to deal with the possibility that it could happen that way. And then the third way is that we have to deal with how they actually happen. So we have to deal with the desire of what we want to happen, how things should happen, and how they end up actually happening. Are you tracking? So when things don't happen according to plan, watch this now, when things don't happen according to plan, now I've studied this because I'm, t- I'm working on it. I'm telling you, I'm trying to be happier. When things don't happen according to plan, you then have to change your plans to match how they actually happen. All right, let me rewind this, Shauna. Wait. So remember I said that happiness occurs when the thing that happens matches what I desire, I'm happy. But when the thing happens that doesn't match your desire, you have to change your desire to match the action, which slows you down, which takes time, and which can disappoint you. And disappointment is unhappiness, all right? That in turn creates frustration because, watch this, because, Tabitha, you are not in control. Oh, man. I told you you're going to have to take notes on this. There's frustration that happens because an action occurred not in agreement with my desire. And now I've got to change to match the action because I don't have control over the action. So now I'm mad because it didn't happen the way I wanted to. And I realize I don't have control. And you are constantly subject to what happens on its own terms. Remember I told you three ways it can happen. How you want it, how it should happen, and how it actually happens. So let's say that you want it to happen a certain way, but nine out of ten times it didn't happen the way you wanted, which meant that things happen on their own terms. You have nothing to do with the action of another. You have nothing to do with the actions and the events of life. And so you have to realize a portion of your desire is out of your control. Getting what you want, getting to a place of happiness in reality can many times be out of your control. Are you tracking? It's hard to be happy when things continue to happen the way you planned them or thought they should happen. When they do not happen that way, it's hard to be happy. So the question arises, what is happiness? All right, I'm glad you asked that. Let's take a look at this. What is happiness? I want to talk about what is happiness then in its simplest and not so deep understanding. I don't want to, you know, I'm not giving you this whole deep theological perspective. I want to look at happiness from its perspective, its simplest form. Now, before I go into that, I should note, I have taught, and Joy knows it, I have taught that God's priority is not our happiness. 
God's priority is not our happiness. So I'm wanting something that is not necessarily God's priority. Well, that makes sense, PC. Then why are you preaching it? Listen, and because it's not God's priority for us, happiness sometimes can appear to be elusive, evasive. That sometimes it's as if happiness is trying to avoid you. Ooh, this is good. It sometimes feels like it's a special roadmap to get to it. You know, I know that's true because there are many authors, there are many writers who write about how to be happy. There's self-help books about this pursuit of happiness. Remember the movie? In pursuit of happiness. Why you got to pursue it? Why isn't it something that should be there? So in other words, when I say it's not God's priority for you, in other words, listen to this. God is not changing his events or actions to accommodate our desires. God God ain't changing his plan to make you happy. In other words, in that sense, he doesn't care about our happiness because he has a plan. He has a way he wants it to be done. He has a plan prescribed for 2023. And God is not saying, I'm going to be jumping through hoops to try and get you everything that you want. And so what happens is we must learn then how to change our desires to match his actions. Ah, this is good. So I want to learn how to get ahead of the actions that he does. Do you know the prayer, the the prayer, if the Lord wills, we pray if the Lord's will. In other words, we're praying, saying, I'm trying to get ahead of what I think the Lord wants. Before I go to the hospital to pray for somebody, I try to ascertain what is his will for that person so that when I pray, my prayer reflects the action that I've already tried to determine is going to occur. Preach, teach, PC. So listen, the, if we learn how to change our desires to match his actions, we have a better probability at being happy because if the actions occur according to our desires or matching our desires, we experience happiness. But let's try to understand it a bit better. What is happiness then? Happiness then is a feeling. This is good. It is not an object to be obtained. You do not obtain happiness. Happiness comes from an emotion. It comes from an emotion. In other words, happiness is not a state of being. If happiness is an emotion, emotions change. Emotions fluctuate. So if you're in a, you, it's not a state because you don't get in it and stay in it. You, you can't get in happiness and stay in it. Watch this, because happiness occurs when what you desire matches the actions that occur in your life. So your life is constantly experiencing different actions. And so you can't be in a state, an ongoing state of happiness because the actions keep changing. And so you, listen, the action may or may not reflect what you desire. 
And so you have to be able to go up and down at times because the reality is most of us are not happy all the time. And those of you who are, it's great. Write me, tell me how you do it. I'd love to think about it and and do some more study. But happiness then from a definition point of view is pleasure. It is experiencing contentment. It is similar to getting what you wanted as you desired or or you are satisfied. So when I'm satisfied, I'm happy. Haven't you seen a baby? When, after they're crying, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. And after you feed them, you give them that bottle or you give them, they sit in there and nom, 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 nom. That's how Joy does. After she eats you, nom, 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 nom. She starts humming. She's just like, and you know, they, the feet start wagging at the table because what happens? You're happy now because you're satisfied. What do people say? When I'm hungry, I'm grumpy. I'm irritable. So in other words, happiness has to do with satisfaction. Oh, I'm teaching. So I want to spend this year being more satisfied. Ah, come on, PC. It seems like there are then many things that can make you happy. It could be food. It could be a car. It could be a husband. It could be a wife. But ultimately, happiness is the result of the pleasure that something brings to you. There are all kinds of things out there. And I don't want to focus on, well, you can be happy if you work out 10 times a day. You can be happy if you drink water eight times a day. You can be happy if you find the right wife. You can be happy. I don't want to focus on that. I'd rather focus on the things that could make you, not the things that can make you happy. I want to focus on the root cause of happiness. In other words, whether it's a car, whether it's a husband, whether it's whatever, you can bring up this um, satisfaction regardless of what the action is because you have the desire that matches it. One author named J.I. Packer said the way to be truly happy is to be truly human. And the way to be truly human is to be truly godly. I'll say this again. J.I. Packer is a great writer, great uh, 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 historian, theologian. Listen, I'll say it again. The way to be truly happy is to be truly human. And the way to be truly human is to be truly godly. And I thought, wow, that ties right into what we just learned this Christmas regarding the birth of a man, the humanity of man and about being human, about being godly. You know, we talked about the the best man, the God man and the free man. This all ties together. So in essence, listen to this. God, this is in essence, our happiness sits at the core of our origin. Ah, I couldn't I can't make this up. I can't script this. Our happiness sits at the core of our origin, of our our birth, our our creation, the core of who we are. Our happiness sits at our being human and godly. The, The core of our happiness sits in us being who God made us to be. So as we understand ourselves and our humble beginnings made from dirt, we find happiness. So Happiness is in the humility, oh, this is good, of accepting ourselves as is 
or as was. Let's say we accept ourselves as Adam created us. When we were born into sin, we accept that, that man is depraved, that it is the depravity of man, that we fall short. And so that we accept that. But we also find happiness in the humility of accepting ourselves and understanding the potential of perfection we have inherited by being born again into the spiritual family of God. So part of, listen, it's not enough for me. Listen, happiness does not come from me just asserting that I'm a sinner. I must assert also that I am a saint of the most high God, that I am a son or daughter of God. And it is the combination of the two that gives me this satisfaction. Ah, Come on, help me with the old R&B song. Never mind. Happiness is then learning that however we were created, we're okay with that. Come on, pause. Happiness is learning that however, whatever family I came from, whatever situation I was born out of, I'm okay with that. Why? Because that's not the end of our story. That our spirituality, our divinity, our godlikeness gives us the opportunity to live out of that. Oh, but watch this. Even though we get in church and we get spiritual, uh, where we came from and who our family is, it don't go nowhere. It's still a part of our DNA. It's still a part of our essence and our being. Watch this now. You cannot, you cannot get away from the origin of who you are. So we are often unhappy because we aren't what we or others think we should be. We try to live our lives day in and day out trying to be what others want us to be instead of appreciating the roots of who we are and where we came from. We do a whole bunch trying to cover up who our family is, where we grew up, and that we're poor, that we come from an abusive background, that we didn't have a daddy or a mother. It's part of what's going to make you happy. Uh, you say, no way, PC. Happiness is being confident. Oh, I love this. Watch this, Joy. Happiness is being confident with the lowest common denominator of yourself. Happiness is being confident with the, think about yourself at your lowest state and be confident in that so that anything above that becomes a bonus to your life. <laughs> Listen, in other words, watch this. I set you up, little Ben. Here it is. Anything above the lowest common denominator is a bonus to life and thereby you experience heaven on earth. Ah, watch this. So happiness is heaven and earth on earth because when you live above your lowest self, you rise. Where is heaven? Heaven is up. Heaven is another dimension. It's another space and another place. When you find a way to live above your lowest common denominator, but you accept your lowest common denominator, you will experience heaven on earth. So going back to what I think is the solution to finding happiness, which I said is to change the way you think things should happen so you're not disappointed when things don't happen the way you want. The key is to get, watch this, the key is to get what you desire 
from God. If the key, if you're going to change your desires to match what God is doing, then you get the desires from God so you will always match with the outcome that he wants for your life. Remember at the beginning of the sermon I said the the the, the debate or the debacle, the, the, the grind is between what God wants and what you want. Happiness is totally based on the difference between what God wants and what you want. Your life pans out the way God wants it. You are, you can be happy when you get the same desire. The problem with that is most of us want something different than what God wants. We want what is human or fleshly. Ah, it's coming. For that, we have to look at a text. Let me show you how to get there. We have to look at a text I found in Psalm 37. Let's take a look at it real quick. Psalm 37. Text says, trust in the Lord and do good. 37, three through five. Psalm 37, three through five. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. There it is, five. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he will do it. All right, you tracking? So watch this now. Look at verse number three. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. So look at this. Notice the reciprocity of the actors in this text. The text says, number one, trust in the Lord. That's heaven, right? Trust in heaven. Do good. That's human. We trust in heaven, but we must do good. That's the human part. And then he says, dwell in the land. That's the earth part. So we've got heaven, earth, human. Ah, Watch this. And in the combination of cultivating the land, he says, put the verse on the screen, please. He says, cultivate faithfulness. In other words, the term cultivate means shepherd the land, till the land, work the land, so as to feed from it or graze from the faithfulness of your interaction with it. So watch this. When I cultivate faithfulness, when I work the land, as I trust in God, as the human in the middle, the Bible says it will give back to you what you work in it. Uh, Watch this now. So I find happiness as I trust in God and work what he's given me on earth. As I interact with it, it will supply a reward. So in other words, what I work with will respond to me and it will be a reward meaning it is not a trial it is not trauma it is not dysfunction it is a blessing uh, watch this so look at verse 4 verse 4 then says delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart so the text says watch this now delight who yourself delight yourself you that's you in the lord and delight means watch this now watch this delight means be happy be happy with make merry in your interaction with god so three said trust in the lord do good cultivate the earth it'll give back to you four says be happy while doing it delight 
yourself in the Lord. I want to just stop right there. Delight yourself. Start there. 2023. Delight yourself. Be happy with delight yourself. Delight yourself. How you doing? Delight yourself. You better delight yourself, Riri. That's what I'm talking about. Be your most authentic you. Delight yourself. Be happy with you. Happiness in, in listen, in getting, in getting the right desire from God, you must delight in the most authentic self of you. You can't, we get the wrong desires because we see ourselves incorrectly. We have a poor image of who we are. We are not happy with ourselves because we are not happy and we are insecure or we are jealous or we are dysfunctional or we have low self-esteem. Our desires calculate improperly. God says to get the right desire from me, you've got to see you delight yourself. Be happy about the most authentic you. Well, messed up hair, you. Overweight, you. Jobless, you. Divorced, you. Broke, you. Hip broken, you. You've got to be delighted in whatever you are. Spend more time than being you, the human. Come on. Delight in the you of you. Come on. Because that You in human nature is always interacting with God. You must remember the authentic you is the broken Adam you, but the real you also has the last Adam Christ, the God man, the free man, you with your broken self, have power. You, with your broken self, have potential. You got potential, kid DeLuca. You got the opportunity to grow out of it. So here then in our humanity, we must embrace our brokenness. And out of the pampering relationship and contented interaction with God, what? He gives us the desires of our heart. Look at verse four again. He says, delight yourself in the Lord. (laughs) And what will happen? He will give you the desires. Celebrate you, dislike yourself in you, and he will give you the thing that's going to match his action. So the idea is that he will give us the desires that will match his action. He's not going to give us a desire. He's not going to make us want something that he's not going to give us. God is not making us want something uh, that he's not going to give us. If we are not getting what we want, we have the wrong desire. God is not wrong. You are. <laughs> it's all, it's tough, but swallow it like a pill. So whatever action occurs in life, It will happen according to God's desire that he put in our hearts so that in essence, the happiness of heaven becomes the happiness on earth in us. Ah, you're going to miss it. So watch this now. The happiness that God has in heaven becomes a part of our heart and we live that heaven on earth. So look at verse five. Finally, he says, commit your way to the Lord. 
Trust also in him and he will do it. So he says, commit your way. Whatever it is you want to do, whatever way you're working, he says, don't have a plan without giving it to God first. Run it by God. You want to start a business? Run it by God. You want to get married? Run it by God. You want to lose weight? Run it by God. You want to make a million bucks? Run it by God. You want to do something great? Run it by God. In other words, what you're desiring has always first got to go before the desk of your CEO. That you have got to Commit your way. Do you see? Oh my God, this is really slap myself in the back of the head. He says, commit your way. You old selfish person, commit your way. Tell the truth. This is what you want. Tell him about it. It's okay. I want the bins. I want the house. I want him. I want her, but she married. I still want him. You wrong. Still send it to the desk. Let him stamp, delete it, uh, not approved or whatever. Let him sign off on what he, do have anybody ever worked in business where you got to go to get the check signed. You have got everything set up. All you need is the check. Somebody, God is saying, commit your way so I can sign your check. He says, finally in verse five, express the interaction of giving over your ways to the Lord's ways. And what is verse five? Look at this verse five. He says, trust also in him. We saw that in three. And what it say? He will do it. Where's the action? The action is he will do it. So he says, then he says, commit your way. He says, commit your way. And he says, trust him to give you the desire, give you the result you want. He will do it. In other words, when you get the desire of God, he will do it. In other words, there is no way you can be disappointed if you get from God what you're supposed to do. He says, I'm going to do it. The action matches the desire. Are you getting it? So listen, listen. He says, I'm giving my way over to God, which means my actions will come to pass. The things that he does will match my desire. Now, do we always get it right, Lou? Do we always get what we want? No. Do we always get it right? No. But what does happen is we get increasingly more accurate, Tony, about what God wants for our lives. And we become happier because when we, what we want agrees with what happens in life. So in other words, I don't, all all I'm saying is I said, I want to spend more time in 2023 being happy, which means I'm not always going to get what I want, but in the process of getting his desire, I'm learning the things that he wants and my accuracy level increases. Man, is anybody hearing the things we want become what God wants and what God wants happens the way he wants them to. So when I get what, when I get the same desire that God has, then the action reflects what he wants and what he wants, I want, and we all happy. So to me, this passage embodies the very essence of how humanity works with divinity to bring about the joy of the Lord. That humanity is working with divinity that in this life, in this aura of mine, I'm dealing with the flesh of who I am, the background, the past that I come from, but I'm also excited about the greatness of the God in me, the possibility of his positioning of his Holy Spirit in my life, and there in that 
combination of the aloofness of yesterday and the potential and the spontaneity of the future, I find joy in the Lord because I'm constantly delighting myself. (laughs) In who? In the Lord. And he keeps then rewarding me for my delight. So happiness is rooted in our ability to embrace and understand our humanity while linking that humanity with God on earth we find this happiness so watch this write this down humanity plus happiness equals heaven on earth humanity plus happiness so what is happiness when my humanity matches the will of God and the actions of God I experience heaven on earth so I created an acronym if I'm let you go from understanding the root of the word humanity. The word humanity at its root is humus or hummus with this or humane. Humane meaning from, it means from the earth, from the dirt. Uh, Humane, to be humane means is to be polite, is to be kind. Oh, it's very humane. Would you act humane? Would you act civilized? In other words, our humanness comes from the dirt that from the aura of our origin we find gentleness and potential and uh, refinedness and learnedness. That's what humane is. So we are happiest when we interact with where we come from. When we look at our humus, when we look at the origin of our dirt, we refine. In other words, it is my worst case scenario that makes me gentle. We are happiest when we are our most human and our earth scathy selves and when we are able to connect that earthy scathy humanness with God we experience this combination of the potential of joy and happiness our mistake as Christians Ben is when we treat our humanness as secular as a thing different from our godness so we come to church pretentious and pretending to be something we are not and we do that because we want the church to think we got it all together bring your raggedy broke self into the house of God Expose your humanness, and that's when you have the greatest potential of seeing God. When we in our most human selves are our best expressions of God, we are best expressing him in our humanness because we were made, how? In his image. How in the world would you want to hide the real you when the real you was made in God's image? Now you you're trying to create a new image. You're trying to be like Paris Hilton. You're trying to be like, you know, Drake. You're trying to be like the boss. You're trying, you're, you're trying to image yourself after person.
personalities, God says, at your most debased and human self from Adam, Adam was made in the image of God. And everybody born into sin after Adam was still made in the image (laughs) of God. So my best expression of God is being my worst self. (laughs) Because there really is only one story. (laughs) And it's the greatest story ever told. And it is the story of redemption. (laughs) When you can show the world (laughs) that from your pitiless, from your broken cobblestones of life, from your lack of erudite education, no parents, no living, no arrangement that gives you hope or possibility. God himself sends his son to give you the opportunity through faith. One day you decide Jesus is real. I want him in my heart and you get saved from there. God says you can experience heaven on earth. I'm going to give you a chance to be somebody different. So one writer named Douglas Kendishi describes it as this, Kenshi. He says, I like this, write this down if you can. He says, we are earth brought to consciousness. I love that. He says, we are our expression of us. My humanness is earth brought to consciousness. I am walking dirt. He says it this way. He says, from the heart of God, we are formed dirt. I like that. From the heart of God, we are formed dirt. In other words, what was in God's heart became a reality with with dirt. So the reality of God's image in you, your best expression is red dirt. I like this. He says, I like this one. Write this one down. He says, we are inspired mud. <laughs> he says, we are inspired mud. In other words, it's mud inspired because we are infused with the spirit of the living God. I'm walking mud, but I'm mud and I'm alive and I'm conscious because of the spirit in me. If I'm not born again, I'm still dead. That's what born again means. It means that you have come alive in the midst of a dead, dying carcass. And with that comes this healthful acronym that leads to a happier 2023. In our humanness, then we first experience happiness through what? Write this down as I close this out. (laughs) Humility. When we look at humanity, we experience happiness through first recognizing humility. So humility then is learning, here it is, learning to respect, Shana, the dirt beneath our feet. It teaches us to be humble. I ain't nothing but dirt. And when we bow in prayer, oh, look at this, this is good, this is good, Shana, this is good, Tabitha. When we bow to the dirt, (laughs) when we pray, when we bow in prayer to the dirt, what does that do? That connects us to heaven. Prayer connects us to heaven, but you're not connected until you bow to the dirt. And in that connection of our dirt with heaven, we experience God's happiness. Here's the woman who was caught in the middle of adultery. The Bible says Jesus stooped down and he wrote in the dirt. And he said, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. And everybody there dropped their rocks because they knew God had gone to the dirt. And whenever you can get low enough in life to get to the dirt, 
that's when God begins to lift you up. That's when God gives you the happiness and the greatest times of your life. Most people say, oh, we were so happy when we didn't have nothing. Now that we got everything, oh, it's a hot mess. I'm telling you, you get happiness when you first learn humility and learn to live in the dirt of your life. Or that you get that feeling of satisfaction when you finish praying, when you connect with God. When I'm done with church, I'm happy. When I go to the bath and I listen to sermons or I listen to worship, I'm happy. I'm satisfied. Getting what we desire is found in the humility of the dirt of our lives. We get our desires in that prayer. Secondly, humanness gives us what? Our uniqueness. Our uniqueness. Uh Uh-oh. In my humanness, I realize I am unique. I'm humble, but I'm unique. I get happy because I'm unique. What does that mean? No two fingerprints are alike on earth. And understanding that we exist for God uniquely and individually keeps us from trying to desire the things in life that satisfies others. And we become more satisfied with life when we realize we're an original, that we are not a copy of anyone else, that we are succinctly, uniquely ourselves, which means we can't mimic mimic anybody else. We've got to be me. I love my three children equally. But each one of them has a unique relationship with me. I talk to Cherry one way. I talk to Wheat one way. I talk to Nish another way. Each has their unique relationship with me that I wouldn't trade for the world. And from each relationship, they get what satisfies them most. If I try to treat Nish like I treat Cherry, Nish is not going to appreciate that because it's not unique. Oh, God. Even though there's three my children, I got to treat each one with uniqueness. I used to group text them on a lot of things, but I don't do that as much anymore because I realize that in some of the Greek texts, I could feel their functionality being swayed. They say, well, this is for Cherry, really. This is for Nish, really. And they felt some kind of way. So each relationship has its uniqueness. And I found that I got more of a response from each one individually instead of from the group text. I said a group text ain't nobody even biting. Well, I thought it was for you. I thought it was for you. I thought it was for you. I'm telling you, when you start living your life uniquely, there is no way you can assume the blessing was for somebody else. When God blesses you, you know it's for you because you've been living. Uh, Never mind, I got to move on. Thirdly, then humanity gives you that you are made in kind. I can get happy when I know I'm humble, when I know I'm unique, but when I know I am made. When I'm clear on the fact that I've been made, it means we were created. Somebody else made me in the image of something greater. So I am happy when I know I am made. So when I understand that, I realize that the desires of my heart aren't really my own to fight for. Because listen, I'm fighting for something that is not even mine because I was made by someone greater than me. So the stuff you arguing for, you selfish you, you selfish you thinking that you come from you you don't somebody made you so whatever it is you think you want it comes from somebody else anyhow so I can learn to be happy when I learn that what I want is not really what 
I want in the first place. If I'm to want anything, I should want what my maker wants me to want. I'm wanting the right thing. Come on. So I've been spending my time fighting for the wrong things. I'm fighting with myself. I'm fighting with my spouse. I'm fighting with my boss on the job. I'm fighting with all kind of people for no reason at all. Can't you ever fought with people and say, what are we even fighting for? We're not really fighting them. We're fighting the fact that we we don't know what we want. (laughs) Even the Bible says in Romans 8 that the Holy Spirit has to help us pray because we don't even know what to pray, how we ought to pray. And so fighting for my own feelings is why I am disappointed. I'm fighting for something that I want and I'm not happy. So if I'm going to have a happier year, I have to spend more time making sure that what I want is what he wants. I got to move on. Fourthly, you got to move to the anatomy. When I understand the anatomy of my humanity, I can be happy. Watch this because happiness is found in understanding our anatomy as humans. Learning our humanity reminds us that we are body, soul, and spirit. Come on, talk to me. We are body, we are soul, and we are spirit. That we shouldn't live only for what is for the body. In other words, when I want what I want, most times the things that I want is to satisfy my carnal flesh. I am doing things and wanting, God dog it, help me here. Most of the time what I want is to satisfy my flesh and that is wrong. But on the same token, to want things that are spiritual only is also wrong. You are body, soul, and spirit. So even to want something from the spirit, you are not to live in that way either. Because to be so church, you've seen church folk, oh, they're just so spiritual, so deep, get on my nerves. You're right. Because they don't have a balance between body and spirit. But it is the body and it is the spirit. Remember when Adam was made? Adam became a body that stood up God breathed his spirit into him and together the body and spirit became a living soul so it is when you live as the soul of God as the soul of the essence of man of who you are that's when you find the greatest contentment don't deny that you're hungry honey don't deny that you need God don't deny that you feel tempted but don't deny you got the power to reject it don't deny who you really are, delight yourself. I'm going to put that on the shirt. Delight yourself. You better delight yourself. In other words, it is the combining of body and spirit that gives the contentment of the soul. And our happiness is found in the detailedness of our bifurcation in our anatomy that creates the unity of our souls on earth. So in other words, it is understanding my brokenness into three parts that helps me unify into my joint joy. <laughs> We are truly walking heaven on earth in many ways. And lastly, our humanity gives to our happiness through this last one, naturalness. Oh, come on, PC, bring it down to the runway. We are happy through our naturalness. Oh, have you ever gone to the store and you go to the organic section? The organic section is supposed to be the most natural. Ain't no additives, no preservatives, no all this, no puff it up or whatever. Naturalness means we are creatures of nature. 
We were made from the dirt we live in. The same thing you condemning, you going around condemning the world. Oh, look how they living sinful. You came from it. You came from everything you're condemning. We come from nature, meaning things happen naturally. In other words, my desire, my heart should desire things that happen naturally. They evolve from the concurrence and the interaction of things all around us and with God. If I live my life right, things will work out. Things will happen naturally because I'm delighting myself in the Lord. And when he gives me the desires of my heart, the things that I want will happen naturally. In other words, I ain't got to pump it up. I ain't got to pray eight times. I ain't got to go to church 20 times. I don't have to cut the rosary two times. I don't have to say Hail Marys. I don't have to do all these performance measures that religion has put on us. I have to be my human me. Be who I am and things will happen naturally. You ain't got to say amen. This ain't even a sermon for you. You ready to go sign me off right now? I don't care. It teaches us that the things we desire begin to happen more naturally. That the things God have for me aren't forced or demanded. In other words, I don't have to be frustrated all day. I got to make it happen. If it's going to be, it's up to me. I got to force it. If it don't fit, don't force it. I'm telling you that life begins to roll your way. The Bible says that God begins to command the blessings. You don't have to order them, but stuff, Lou, it starts to work out. Grizz is going to work out. All the things that you're going through is going Tabitha didn't it work out. You had to do some things, till the land, cultivate and faith but God did it, didn't he? Who am I preaching to? Is there anybody else? Tony, you moved all the way over there, but didn't it work out? You thought you were never going to make it through 2022, but it started to work out. Ben, you thought you were never going to be able to have that kind of role, but it came to you. Now, you didn't have to call the agent I want to. It came to you. I'm telling you, when you start living your most authentic you, the blessing comes to you. We've heard before, and it is so true that what a man sows that he also reaps. So as you sow into the soil of your life and as you sow into the heavens above, you reap naturally the happiness and the joy of the gained desires of your heart from the God who made it possible. So be careful what you sow. You out there cussing people out, being negative, pessimistic, and ornery and mean. You will reap what you sow because what you till, what you put in the dirt is going to bounce back to you. I'm telling you that stuff happens naturally. You didn't even want that confusion. You didn't ask for it, but it came to you. Why did it come to you? Because you was acting nasty last year. You're acting up. You were behaving inappropriately, and God sent you something for all the things. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about a one-time sow here, one time. I'm telling you, if you spend six months sowing to trash and negativity and sin, you gonna reap a whirlwind. I ain't talking about these little one-off, y'all. You messed up. God will forgive you. You ain't had enough time to sow a harvest. I'm talking about when you reap a harvest of sin because you spent all year acting a fool. Oh, you got to turn me off. I'm sorry. I'm telling all this. This is why when we refer 
to godly miracles. What do we call it? We call it godly miracles. We call it supernatural. <laughs> because God does something super with our natural things. God, I'm telling you, God starts doing supernatural things with us. <laughs> oh, this is so good. I'm giving my own self a standing note. It is the interaction of the divine in the human cacophony of life's elements that somehow end up making sense after God orders my steps in the midst of all of this transfusion of negativity of a past of a a history of sin and debauchery and molestation and rape God makes sense of it all he orders my steps in the naturalness of it God begins to make it come to pass he ordered my steps and he put me in the right place that God makes my gifts make room for me he makes a way out of no way I'm telling you that out of God's abundance, he pours out his super on my natural. Natural means something operates in agreement with the makeup of the things involved with it. In other words, that's what natural is. Natural is when you put a seed in the ground, it grows up, that's natural. I'm telling you, that's agreement. The seed agrees with the ground, the ground agrees with the water, the water agrees with the sun, and you get a harvest. I'm telling you, your start, your life starts living in agreement. Wasn't it the disciples in the upper room at Pentecost? The Bible says when they all got on one accord, that's when the spirit fell. When you find yourself in agreement with you, I agree with you, PC. (laughs) I agree with you too, God. In other words, I'm not out of the equation. Ain't nobody asking you to do only what God asks you to do without blindly and you don't know. No, God is asking you to do it, meaning he's asking you and he's putting you in the equation. So you've got to know you and you got to know the Bible (laughs) because God's going to do it through you. Heaven on earth. I'm out of time. So this solidifies, this naturalness and this agreement solidifies that happiness occurs when what we desire agrees with the action that happens in our lives. And when God moves in our lives, it is what is natural because we are in agreement with God who has made us. So when people say you don't deserve a blessing, You tell them you a lie. This ain't nothing but natural happened. This is naturalness. In other words, if God said, if I obey him, I shall eat the good of the land. If I be good, willing and obedient, I shall eat the good of the land. You said, we shouldn't be eating that good. Well, why? I've been willing and obedient. I've been faithful in my serving. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you rule over many. Who made you the boss? God did. Well, you had a special up and up. No, it didn't. It happened naturally. God is saying when you do the time to sow seed, when you do time to be kind to people, when you do kind to be submissive, submissive and loving, when you shut up sometimes, when you you act right when you do your work and don't complain about it God says promotion happens naturally you ain't got to sleep to the top you ain't got to kiss to the top you ain't got to buy to the top you just got to be the top heaven on earth <laughs> so we are natural because we are made in his image so then what is our 2023 aspiration this is it I'm done I went over time I apologize sorta but this is my 2023 aspiration this ought to kick your year off in the highest way. What is your aspiration? To be happy? To be a little bit of heaven on earth? If so, then I hope you've learned that being happy is letting God do things his way 
and learning to trust his outcomes because his outcomes are blended with us all throughout. We've got to find a way to work with God, not against God. Do you understand what I'm saying? We must do a better job at agreeing with what he wants and not fighting so much and being angry because of what we want. God does nothing without us. God does nothing without us in the decision and the choices he makes. God is not asking you to do anything that he hasn't asked you to consider yourself in doing because our very essence is brimming over with the dirt that he created us with and the heaven he has placed within us. So if God is going to ask us to do something, he knows he's asking dirt. So he's got to be involved because dirt can't do it by himself. Adam already proved that. So he says, I'm asking dirt to do it, but I got to combine with the dirt to make it possible. So we go into the world. We're going into 2023 with help that has to help us. Do you see that? Help that has to help us. God has to help me. So this year, rather than being angry with God about things not going the way you want them to, let's start learning to let God do things the way he wants. And let's start finding agreement with God in our human being fully human, being fully human and godly at the same time. And we must work on this. So we must ask, what does God want? Instead of fighting, and this is what I want. When I don't get what I want now, I'm mad and I'm frustrated. No, pause, pause, boo, pause you and say, what does God want? I can be happy from this situation that didn't agree with what I wanted if I get on God's page then I can enjoy the thing I set aside because it didn't go my way. Get on God's page. Do you know what a timeout is? Put on yourself on timeout. Delight yourself and then put yourself on timeout till you get it right. The way to get that answer is to delight in the Lord, which means your most authentic and human self must become expressed. And he will give you what you should He will give you what you should be desiring in your heart and that will bring you happiness. And it is our happiness, or should I say our heaven on earth, that lights the way for others to see the way to God through Jesus Christ. Nobody wants to believe in a God with Christians who are walking around with sour puss faces. Nobody wants to believe in a God where you're angry all the time. But the light of happiness and joy that we have leads people to a God that offers hope to a world that needs it. And that's why we're here to live our best lives with God. We are not meant to be divided beings living fleshly one day and churchy another day. No, go and be you, boo. I know you drink. I know you cuss. I know you have sex. I know you lie. I know you do all the dirt. But come, ah, glory, hallelujah, come. That's why I named my first church the Grace Place. Bring all your heathen attitudes because the preacher preaching is living in dirt too. I am being changed and transformed right before your eyes. I'm standing in the pulpit being on display to do what God wants to do through you. So let's learn to be our worst selves while living with the best God. Milk is mercy, Tony. 
and his grace for as long as you need it until you grow mature and walk away from the fleshly ways of sin. We can be happy while we're getting better. We don't have to wait until the great by and by. We can see heaven on earth through us. Happiness with humanness equals heaven on earth. I'm PC, and that's all I've got.